I want to thank everyone again for being here this morning. Um, special shout out to all the moms and grandmas and aunts and mother figures and mentors uh, that we have with us this morning. We're so thankful that you decided to be here with us this morning. Um, we are running a little long on time, so the good news is I'm going to keep this short, sweet, and to the point for you guys here this morning. I'll give you kind of the Cliff Notes version uh, of the sermon this morning. But as I started to think through talking about mothers, um, and I started to think through what I was going to talk about this morning, I actually flip-flopped about three or four times. Um, deciding on what I really wanted to talk about this morning. And sometimes God does that, right? He works in mysterious ways, and you think, you think you've got it all figured out, right? And then he says, no, nah, I don't think that's exactly what I had in mind. Um, and that's kind of what happened to me. So I totally rewrote this sermon in the last couple of days um, after I'd already completed a sermon and done a PowerPoint. So uh, I decided to change gears. So today on Mother's Day, we are going to talk a little bit about Mary. I don't think that'll come as a big surprise to too many people because Mary is one of the first people we think of when we think of mothers in the Bible. But I feel like Mary doesn't get her, her deserved recognition because I feel like we only talk about Mary at Christmas time. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that Mary had a lot of great qualities that she displayed throughout her time in the Bible that I think we could all learn from, not just the moms and the grandmas in the audience or the ladies in the audience. But I think us guys can learn from some of the things that Mary did as well through her example. Now, we don't worship Mary, of course. We don't pray to Mary as some religions do. But I still think she's a very important figure in the Bible. And I think it's worth our time this morning to take just a few minutes to look at the life of Mary and some of the things that she did and maybe some of those things that we can learn a little something from. So again, for the sake of time, we're going to move through this here pretty quickly this morning. But these are kind of the four main points that I want to hit this morning. The fact that Mary was obedient the fact that Mary was a ponderer, the fact that she was perplexed throughout her lifetime, and the fact that she was a follower. Now, these, uh, these four things, we could easily do a whole sermon on this. This could be a four-week sermon series, but we only have a few minutes this morning, so we're going to kind of keep this moving and keep it on track. So let's just set the scene here real quick. We all know, because I think we're all kind of familiar with this story, but the, the angel Gabriel visited Mary, right? And this is before, before Jesus came to being, but he visited Mary and basically said, hey, you are going to give birth to the Son of Man. And of course, Mary went, huh? What are you talking about? And as we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, it says, how will this be, she asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? So Mary, as we know at this point, was engaged to Joseph. And she was saving herself for marriage because she wanted to be pure for her husband. And then here comes this angel of God saying, hey, guess what? You're going to be pregnant. And she's going, but wait a minute, how is that possible? And it's very interesting the way that Mary reacts to this command from God, right? Because this is a very difficult situation for her. And we could get into the whole thing about how she was feeling and how people treated her. And we all kind of know that story. But let's think about that time when the angel first visited her and what he said to her and her response. Of course, she was a little confused at first because she's asking, wait a minute, how's that going to work? Right? But when we drop down to verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. So yes, of course she had questions. I think we'd all have questions in that situation. But what did she do? She fully submitted herself 
to what God had planned for her. She didn't, she didn't question his motives, right? She did question the process, of course, but she didn't question his motives. She was meek in spirit. Don't confuse that with weak, because I don't think Mary was weak. But she was meek, and she was humble, and she accepted what God had in mind for her. And she did it right there while the angel was still talking to her. That's obedience, right? That is obedience to a T. Because you know her head was spinning, right? It had to be. She had to have all these things going through her mind. What's my fiance going to say? How's this going to work? What in the world is going on? Why did he choose me? But what did she do? Her first reaction was to be obedient. And I think that that's something that we all need to learn from. We need to learn that when God is telling us things, not to question, but to be obedient. And I think that's sometimes where we drop the ball, right? Because we want to pick and choose the things we're obedient to. Yeah, I'm not going to murder anybody, but if I tell this little white lie, that's okay. Right? Because we want to, we want to, put, it in, we want to put God in our box, right? I'm going to obey these things, but these things over here, eh, not so important. Right? So I think that's the first lesson we learned from Mary is the simple fact that she was obedient to what God was telling her. Now, we don't get visited by angels, of course, but we have the Bible, right? And the Bible tells us, just as the angel was telling Mary, what we need to be obedient to, and it's important for us to follow through with that. Mary was a ponderer. Now, this is a word that doesn't get used very often, the word ponder. I don't think we say that too often anymore. You hear that every once in a while. It's actually from a Greek word that meant to turn or to rotate. And when you think of it from that, you think turn. So oftentimes when you read commentaries about Mary or you read authors or Bible scholars about Mary, they often refer to her as a ponderer. And I thought that was so interesting. And I thought, how does that apply to our daily lives? How should we be ponderers like Mary was? And if we look at Luke chapter 2, verse 19, it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, just to give you some context, because again, we don't have time to read the whole passages, and we talk about this a lot at Christmas, but this is right after the shepherds had come, and they were singing the praises that Mary had just given birth to the new king. And her head, again, had to be spinning through this whole thing. But she took the time to think about those things and about the things that were going on in her lives. Guys, we are super, super busy, right? We live in Orange County, which means most of us work. Some of us are in school on top of working. We have families. We have responsibilities, right? But how often do we sit and think and ponder and meditate about what God's doing in our lives and what we should be doing in our lives? Danny spoke this morning during the 930 uh, 9:30 hour and kind of shared a little bit of his testimony. And I think some of you have probably heard that before if you weren't here this morning. But when Danny finished his time at Sunburst, he had to do some thinking. He had to think about what was God's plan for his life? And what does he do about it? Now, the thing about Mary was, is even after she had the baby, people were saying some crazy things to her. Crazy things. If we look at a little bit farther down, in Luke 
2.35, it says, so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now, just to give you some con- context, this is after the baby was born and she went to the temple and the holy man, Simeon, was there and this is what he told her. So now we know, right? Because we know the story. We know how the story ends. We know what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that someday your baby is going to be put to death. And he's foreshadowing that very early on. But how do you think that made Mary feel? What do you think was going through her mind? Well, what do you mean? This angel just told me that I was going to give birth to the new king, and now you're telling me that he's going to be killed. So Mary had to think. She had to think, how is this God's plan for me? How is this part of the deal? And we need to do the same thing, because we get so busy in our lives and at work and with our families that we don't take the time to sit down and say, God, what are you trying to do in my life? God, what are you trying to say to me today that I'm not hearing because I'm too busy doing my own thing? We have to take the time to ponder just like Mary did. And there's plenty of other examples of where Mary was pondering and where we know that we are supposed to do this, but I think sometimes it's one of those things that we just plain forget is to spend some time with God, to think about what he's trying to say to us, and to think about what is it he's trying to do in my life right now. As we move on, we see that Mary was perplexed. And I always think this is a fascinating one, that Mary was perplexed. But we know why Mary was perplexed. Uh, So Mary was going through this phase, right, where, where she's given birth, and then we know that there, there's a point in time where we don't kind of see Jesus' life, right? And this is a time where Mary is raising Jesus and teaching Jesus and bringing Jesus along and turning him into the man that he would eventually become. Now, Joseph also disappears during this time as well. So if you follow the timeline of the Bible, we don't see anything more from Joseph when we pick up Jesus' life in, in, in Luke after about a 12-year gap. Right? So we assume that maybe Joseph died during that time. Would have been pretty common during this time frame. So, Mary had done all of this to bring Jesus to where he was today. And she did this so that Jesus would be prepared for what it was that God was going to do in her life. In his life, excuse me. Now, when we pick up in John chapter 19, and this is verse 25 through 27... It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to his disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Now, there's a couple things going on here, right? We know that Mary was at the cross. So how does that tie in with Mary being perplexed? Well, what was she told when the angel visited her? She was told, you're going to give birth to a king whose reign will never end. And here's her son dying in agony on the cross. How do you think she felt? Number one, as a mother, I'm sure she was torn apart. Because do we ever like to see our kids hurt, no matter what it is? 
whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally. Of course not. We don't ever want to see our kids hurt. But what do you think she was thinking about God at that time? Because here God had sent her a messenger and said, hey, you're going to give birth to this mighty king who's going to reign forever. And here he was on the cross. But where was Mary's faith? Did she ever question God? Did she ever say, you know what, God, this wasn't exactly what I had in mind. So you know what? I'm done. Now I say that jokingly, but how many times in our lives do we say, God, I'm doing everything you told me to do. I go to church on Sunday. I even go to church on Wednesday nights. I tithe. I take communion. I say my prayers. Why is this happening in my life? We've all been there, right? If, we're, if we get really, really honest with ourselves, we've all been there at one point or another where we say, hey, this isn't fair. This is not what I signed up for. But what happens to our faith when that happens? Do we stay like Mary and keep the faith, or do we start questioning, well, why do I even bother? Why do I even go to church on Sundays? What difference does it make? All these bad things still happen in my life. Who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. I don't need this. I went through a point in my life where I went through that exact same thing. Life wasn't making sense to me, and I didn't think it was fair. So you know what I did? I threw up my hands and I said, I'm good. I don't need this anymore. Now, thankfully, God smacked me in the head and brought me out of that phase. But my point is, when we're perplexed, because we don't understand the things that are happening in our lives, how do we react to that? Do we walk away and say, you know what, it's not fair, I don't care anymore, I'm done. Why do bad things happen to good people? Right? These are the things that keep us up at night, right? Why do these terrible, awful things happen in the world? Well, we have free will, is one answer to that question. But we have to remember who's in control and not let the things in our lives that are causing us frustration or the things in our lives that scare us or the things that have us perplexed ruin our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, the other thing that I love about this passage is I love what, he, what Jesus does at the very end. What does he do? He makes sure that his mother is taken care of, right? Because he knew I mean, we all knew at this point, right, that Jesus was going to die. That was inevitable. He's on the cross. But he made sure that Mary was taken care of. I love that. And when I think about Jesus, and I think about his character, and I think about the example that he sets for us, this is always one of the things that comes to my mind, is at the end of the day, he respected women, and he made sure that his mother was taken care of, knowing that he was going to leave. The last thing I want to look at is Mary as a follower. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. She was a follower in the best possible sense of the word. She followed her son throughout his life. And what a great example that that is for us and following Jesus. When we look at John 23, 5, this is Jesus' very first miracle. This is when Jesus turned water into wine 
at the wedding feast. Now, I love this story for so many different reasons. Number one, Jesus finally kind of started his thing, right, by doing his first miracle. But what I love about this is mom's calling the shots, right? Jesus is now a, a, you know, middle-aged, so to speak, young man, whatever you want to call it. But mom is still pulling the strings, right? When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. He responds, woman, now keep in mind that back in this time, that was not a derogatory term, okay? I want to just preface that. This was not Jesus demeaning his mother. When you look at the story of the woman at the well, he says the same thing to her, right? He calls her woman. It was not a derogatory term. Now, we've kind of made that into like a derogatory thing. Like when I'm talking to my wife, I don't say, hey, woman, make me a sandwich, right? We don't talk like that, (laughs) right? But back in this time, woman was not a derogatory term. It was not a term that was used to demean women in any way. So he says, woman, why are you involving me? My hour has not yet come. The mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, what did Jesus do? He did what mom told him, right? (laughs) So I love this story because, you know, here's Jesus, right? And Jesus has the power to do miracles. He has the power to heal the sick. He has the power to heal the lame. He has the power to bring people back to life, but yet mom is still calling the shots. But again, this is an example of Jesus doing his mother's bidding, right? Because he respected his mother and he did what his mother asked him to do. But in this context, we're actually just looking at the fact that, that when, we look at, when we look throughout the scriptures, we find that Mary was there with Jesus, even though he was kind of grown and had left home and kind of was doing his own thing. We see that Mary was there all along. And that's important because she followed her son. Now, we already talked about the fact that she followed him through his first miracle, right? So that's kind of when it all started. We talked about the fact that she was there on the cross. Now we're going to talk about what happened after Jesus's death. So if you look at, let me find the scripture. If we jump ahead to Acts chapter 1 verses 13 and 14, It says that when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. It says, those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the woman, with the women, excuse me, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Because Jesus did have other brothers that we don't really hear a whole lot about in the Bible, but his brothers were there too. But Mary was still following Jesus after his death. What are we doing? We're still following Jesus after his death because that's what we were told to do. And Mary sets an amazing example of just that. She was obviously there in the beginning, Right? And thankfully, all of our mothers are there in the beginning, but she was there throughout his whole life. And it was simply a great testament to this amazing woman and the things that she did to kind of advance this story of Jesus and to kind of put Jesus in the position that he was in. So, there's things I think we can all learn from Mary and from Mary's story. And that's 
we should be obedient. We should do what God is bidding us to do, what God tells us to do. Even if it's not what we want to do, right? Because it's easy to do the things that, that God wants us to do that we want to do. We should also be meek, but not weak, just like Mary was. Because what does the Bible tell us about meekness? The meek shall inherit the earth, right? The meek shall inherit the earth. So we should be meek, but not weak. Because again, I don't think there's anything weak in Mary's character. You look at what Mary went through and the faith that she displayed and the things that she did in her lifetime, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was not weak. She was a very strong woman. We should be ponderers like Mary, right? We've got to stop and slow down and listen to what God is telling us to do. And I know that's not always easy because we're all busy. We all don't sleep enough. If you have little ones like I do, you don't sleep at all. But we need to stop and slow down and listen to what God is trying to do in our lives. And again, I know that's easier said than done, but it's so important. When we're perplexed, we need to keep our faith. Because we're going to be perplexed. If nothing has happened in your life that you didn't understand, then that's amazing. But guess what? It's coming. Because <laughs> it's not that easy. But when those things happen that we don't understand, just like Mary did, we have to keep the faith and stay on the path and not let those things derail us. And last but certainly not least, we're told to be a follower just like Mary was. Mary followed Jesus all the way through, from his birth to his first miracle to the cross, and even after he had already ascended, she was right there with Jesus' closest followers, following him to the very end. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we take this opportunity to honor our mothers. And we know that we should not honor our mothers, not just today, but also every day. And we just thank you for putting these amazing and special people into our lives. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to go this, go our separate ways today, we ask that you would just be with us and just help us to be more like Mary in these very important ways. Help us to be obedient to you, Heavenly Father, and help us just to follow you with everything we have until the day that we pass away and we get to meet you. Heavenly Father, we know that we sin and we fall short. We ask that you would forgive us of those sins. We just thank you for being the amazing, loving Father that you are. We thank you for all that you blessed us with, and we thank you so much for loving us enough to send your Son. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Every Sunday we give you an opportunity that if there's anything at all that we can assist you with this morning, if you are in need of prayer, if you've not yet accepted Christ as your Savior and you wanted to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can do that. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've fallen off the path and you want to make that right before you leave this morning. There's no reason for you to walk out that door this morning without having a right relationship with Jesus Christ. So as Brandon comes up to sing another song for us, we're going to invite you to come forward as together we stand and sing. Jesus, you have a firm foundation. I know I can stand secure.